0: Welcome to Chapter 3 of HealthSystemsCIO.com's interview with Chris Belmont, CIO at MD Anderson Cancer Center. In this segment, Belmont talks about his engagement strategy for cancer patients and their families, what he's doing to identify and leverage top IT talent, and how his experience in the vendor and consulting world makes him a stronger CIO just as far as getting the patients more active and more engaged is something that, you know, as you know, a lot of organizations are really focused on, but especially when you have, you know, so many repeat patients, I I can imagine that it's an even bigger priority.
1: Yeah. And, you know, people think of us as, you know, patients are diagnosed with cancer and they come here and they have an outcome and they go away. And the reality is they don't. They stick with us. There's actually, there's a group, uh, of an audience we call of, of seekers, people that are either in their early stages of diagnosis or um, are maybe looking at it from a preventive perspective. So there's a lot of people interacting with us way before they, they actually get here. So this is yeah. patients that may or may not ever hit EPIC, for example. And then there's the survivors, and the survivors are not only them, but it's family members um, and so on that are, are, are participating in this, this journey with these patients. So we... We interact with a lot of people, not only our patients.
0: Great. Right. As far as, um, you know, things like uh, hitting, hitting the, the, the patient adoption numbers in the portals, uh, what oh, are yeah. you doing in that area?
1: Well, we, we're going to improve, obviously, with Epic. Our, um, uh, our, our portal is pretty good now. It's um, In fact, we won an <laughs> award for innovation a couple years back for a, pro- a process called Pre-Care. And it's basically almost a pre-registration process. And it's kind of common now, but um, it, was, it was pretty uh, innovative in its day where patients can start the MD Anderson um, experience early. So how do they start exchanging information with us through the portal? Um, and then we're just going to take Epic and the enhancements you get with MyChart and kind of embed them into the mymdanderson.org website and enhance it. So the pre-care, because again, we'll interact with patients before they actually get a medical record number. So we'll leverage pre-care as it is today, or or we'll continue to enhance it. And then how do we drive what's relevant right to that patient? We want to give people options. You know, there's a lot of folks that still don't um, use that. And and actually in cancer care, there's a lot of people that want that personal touch, and they don't want that virtual video conference, uh, you know, kind of telemedicine thing that uh, works in so many other scenarios. A lot of patients actually want to come here and look eye-to-eye to to their caregivers. So we'll we'll adopt and we'll adapt our systems to accommodate all those different scenarios. Um, But I think our goal is is how do we make it a common experience um, so that whether you're in the building, on the phone, on your portal, on your mobile device, you're getting the same experience. Um, So we're working a lot in those areas. Um, and then, again, the, the whole seeking through survivorship, you know, how do we expand our, our online presence to uh, support that across the board? And then as we democratize, you know, like I was saying earlier, as we open up and allow um, the knowledge we have to be available throughout the world, we'll obviously leverage those technologies as well um, to do that.
0: Okay. So there's really, you know, a lot of things uh, you're looking at for the next year or so. and um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, keeping pretty busy. Now, I, yeah. I did just want to um, – oh, actually, first I should say, is there anything else we missed, any other, you know, bigger things that uh,
1: – No, I think happen? we're um, – the, the only other thing is, you know, we have to get ready for, you know, changes, continual changes in the industry. So it's not about just the innovative stuff. We also have to watch and adjust as the challenge that has hit our industry begin, you know, hitting us. So reimbursement's going to change. um, you know, the pressures for productivity are going to change, you know, the demographics for competition changes. So we also have to be aware of what's going on in the industry in general. We can't just chase the next shiny object. We have to also keep our eye on the current business.
0: Yeah. And, and I'm sure that that's something where it, it helps a lot to have, uh, you know, the networks and things like that. Now, you know, you said that you speak to a lot of other CIOs. I'm sure that that's, that's a good thing that, you know, get other people's perspective too on what do we need to be looking at.
1: Agreed. Because um, you know, again, we're a cancer center, so some of the challenges they have, they may be experiencing them earlier than us. So, learning from them and um, you know, and, and not, you know, trying to avoid some of the speed bumps would be um, is the best way to go. And you know, it's nothing else. It's very supportive and validating. So when you you call them, you're like, oh yeah, that's that's going to happen to you. And yeah, I remember at Osher when our first go-live with Epic um, was a little rockier than I thought it was, should have been. Um, I called one of my colleagues who I trust who's been in the industry and been doing Epic for about six years. And I said, so the first one doesn't seem to be going very well. I won't mention his name. He's a great guy. And um, he said, oh, yeah, Chris, the first one's pretty bad. He said, in fact, it took us, you know, nine months to get out of there. I was like, well, okay, that would have been something you could have told me last time I saw you. Um, right. but anyway it's it's uh now I know to ask and and um we're always you know very supportive because we're kind of all going through the same time
0: yeah no i I noticed too, and just in uh, you know d- doing a little digging that it looks like m d Anderson has like a pretty big focus on mentoring and I think that that's something that's really fantastic to have, you know, with, within the organization. Just because, you know, when you have have people with less experience um, hearing those things from those with more experience, hearing that validation, I'm sure is is really valuable.
1: Yeah, um, yes, and and I encourage it. In fact, that's an area within our division, uh, the IS division, that we're going to put a great deal of focus in is development of our talent. You know, adding 200 new members to the team with Epic. Um, You know, we need to identify the talent we have um, as we go through this transition. So the systems we have today will not be the systems we have in place in a couple of years. And so how do I identify the the talent I have um, and leverage them across the institution versus in their own department? So we're gonna be going through a a talent calibration process in the coming months, um, not to evaluate their performance or their ability to do their job or weed anybody out. The reality is where can we, complement the skills and tools they have um so that they're ready for the future and they can service the organization better um right. you know we you know when we move some people onto the epic team and allowed others to step up and it's just amazing the talent that is emerging and i'm wondering how much more is in the organization with 900 um that i can um that we can take advantage of and, and leverage and even challenge they they there's people that want to do more things and additional things. So how do we do that? And, um, you know, again, make them ready and make them service the, the organization better in the long run.
0: Now, as far as, um, like, the, the collaborative mentorship program, does, how does that work? Like, are there um, people who are assigned to certain people, or, you know, is it more like um, kind of get-togethers, or how, how does that work as far as just helping people to uh, kind of get developed a little further?
1: Yeah, some of it's very formal. Some of it's very informal. Um, You you can get into certain programs that um, could be, you know, as long as six months. Uh, Usually it's reserved for, you know, sort of the management development track. So that's going through our formal, um, uh, you know, development team, um, professional development team. And then there's the more informal mentoring, and and I'm encouraging a lot of my leaders to get involved with that because that's when you can touch more people. So you don't have to enroll. So, uh, for example, if you just need help putting together a resume or practice your interviews process or you just want to polish yourself up professionally, you know, some of our leaders can volunteer to be mentors, and it's sort of more of an informal, almost like a big brother kind of thing. And um, I'm really encouraged by that. Frankly, you know, I've been so focused on getting accustomed to the organization. I haven't um, spent a lot of time in that area, but um, I'm a big fan of of growing the talent you have. So in the coming year, I, I plan on getting more and more immersed in that.
0: Yeah. That was great. Beneficial for, for both sides.
1: Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And again, um, our innovations are probably going to come from the, the new up-and-comers, the people that are not so stuck in their ways like us old guys. <laughs> um, so you know, if I can find this talent and cut them loose, who knows what will what'll pop out on the other end.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes that's a good way to find, the, you know, the people who yep. want to be challenged more. If they're reaching out, it's usually a pretty good sign.
1: Yep. Yep. And they don't know what they don't know, so they're kind of fearless. And, uh, yeah. you know, before they uh, get too trapped and buried, you know, how do I get what's in their brain out?
0: Right. Okay. So I guess the uh, last thing I wanted to ask was just now you've been, um, you know, you had the CIO role at, at Oshner previously, um, and then before mm-hmm. that looks like you had, you had experience in different areas, like uh, vendor and consulting, and just kind of wanted to, to get your thoughts on, you know, what it's been like to, to have the CIO role and kind of um, what the experience has been like for you and uh, how you've been able to kind of draw on the, the different experience in your career.
1: Yeah, I think um, going back to the, um, the early 90s, I was uh, – we didn't have a CIO at that time because it was a small children's hospital. I was a director of IS, so I was a, the top IS guy in the building. And it was a very small shop, but it allowed me to learn everything. And then I went to the vendor side with the idea that, okay, all the knowledge I have, I can now cast a wider net and help more organizations, and that was very fulfilling. And then I moved up the ranks into, you know, in the management of um, a software vendor, Siemens. Um learned a lot, learned a lot about strategy, learned a lot about contracting, learned a lot about, um, you know, executive relationships. So that was extremely rewarding When and became invaluable now that I'm um, back in the CIO role because, you know, all CIOs want to operate at the executive level, but um, it's kind of challenging and it's a different approach. So interacting with those executives when I was uh, an executive at Siemens helped me to understand what's going on in their world. And then I, I went to HealthLink, and, which was eventually acquired by IBM, and, and got some consulting, and that's kind of where I got deprogrammed, because even as a previous director, I'd only worked on one type of system, so I only knew the Siemens or the SMS environment, and then I got out to HealthLink, and I realized, wow, these systems are pretty good. They're all pretty good, and, and some of the problems we have are not related to the systems. They're related to you know, um, either the organization, change management, like we talked about earlier. So those experiences really helped, and I got to work on almost every system. Interestingly enough, the only system I never worked with was an Epic system. So uh, I didn't have any preconceived ideas. I heard good things about it, but I actually never saw it. Um, and then after Katrina, uh, Auschner was one of my clients when I was with IBM and at, at SMS. Um, after Katrina, I got a call from the CEO and says, hey, we're going to, start, and I'm from New Orleans, born and raised. Um, He said, hey, we're about to rebuild the city. Um, So I said, well, I'll I'll be more than happy to do it. So I dropped everything at IBM. They were very supportive. Went back to Oshner and, um, you know, worked on their legacy systems for a while, and then we made the epic switch. So I think that variety helped me a lot. You know, it helps my partners. Um, One of the things I'm very focused on is how do we leverage our partners better? So instead of the vendors coming in and selling me what they want, I I like to take the approach of let me tell you everything that we're doing and um, and you sell me what I need versus what yeah. I want. Um, so I think um, I think the, that variety and the, that perspective I get from working basically on all angles, um, um, you know, helps me, you know, kind of get through some things. Um, definitely on the contracting side. Um, we can really expedite some contracting because, you know, I've been there. I've written a lot of vendor contracts and um, now I'm signing them on the other side.
0: Yeah. It, but it almost seems like time you have, you know, kind of a broader view of, of an industry that there yeah. are going to be times where you can use that to your advantage.
1: Yeah. You know, and the challenge we have um, and probably every professional is that, you know, you, you have to stay relevant. So while I, I'll be bogged down in Epic at Asher, oh, sure, now I'm, b- I'm not bogged down, but I'm I'm in the middle of it here, you also have to step out and stick your head above the clouds and say, okay, what else is going on out there? Um, because you don't want to be known as the Epic guy because, um, you know, that's, that's finite. And I'm here to service the organization, and Epic is just a piece of it.
0: Yeah. Well, we've, um, we've really covered a lot, and I really appreciate yeah. you giving us all your time. Um, so much great stuff to talk about. And as, as things progress with Epic, I'd like to talk to you again down the road to see how it's gone.
1: I'll be glad to. I uh, I enjoy having these conversations. I know I get long-winded, but, you know, I love what I do. Um, we're doing good things here. The industry is, as a whole is getting better. So anything I can do to help, please let me know.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, just, just for other CIOs and, and other leaders, like hearing about your experiences, you know, is really valuable. So thanks so much for that. Yeah.
1: I guess I'm becoming that old-seasoned old guy, right?
0: It feels like yesterday <laughs> I was not. <laughs>
1: Thanks so much.
0: You too. Happy holidays, and I uh, hope to talk to you again.
1: Okay. Take care.
0: Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast from HealthSystemCIO.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at HealthSystemCIO.com podcast.